spent a little bit of time together walking with Jesus on the road that leads to the cross. This mini-series has been called Crossroads because we not only see Jesus' experiences on this path, but we've examined where our paths cross with his in the Passion Narrative. All of this will culminate in our Good Friday service this Friday at 7 o'clock and our Easter services on Saturday at 5 and Sunday morning at 7.30, and 10.30. Now, it is impossible to talk about Jesus' trip to Calvary without crossing roads with his trial before the council. Here, it is important to note that Jesus' trial was, in reality, six mini-trials, if you will. Three of these trials were Jewish trials, and three of them were Roman. This can get a bit confusing because our gospel writers were not prioritizing chronology when they recorded these events. So for the sake of our time and space, the three Jewish trials were set up like this. First was Jesus' trial before Annas, the former chief priest. This is recorded in John 18, 13 through 23. Now Annas was the high priest officially in the beginning of the first century, starting in the year six. He was removed by the Roman government for quote unquote, imposing and executing capital sentences, which had been forbidden by the imperial government. However, like former presidents of the United States, he still had considerable influence in the temple. So Jesus' accusers brought him before Annas for a trial. Second was Jesus' trial before a man named Caiaphas and the rest of the Sanhedrin. All four gospel writers report this trial, but Matthew 26, 57 through 68 and Mark 14, 55 through 65 give us the greatest detail. Caiaphas, who is actually the son-in-law of Annas, was selected by the Roman government to replace his father-in-law as the high priest as a massive political maneuver. He served for over 30 years in this office, making him the longest tenured high priest in history. In his third Jewish trial, Jesus is brought before the Sanhedrin one more time on the morning of his execution, as recorded in Luke 22, 66 through 71. The Sanhedrin, often known as the council, is the highest judicial authority in Israel at this time. It's comprised of 70 leaders plus the high priest who resides over the council. In the late first century BC and early first century AD, the Sanhedrin was appointed by the Roman government in an official capacity to maintain control in Judea. It is in this trial that we find our paths crossing with Jesus, but we will come back to that in a moment. Jesus also has three Roman trials, his first is famously before Pilate. You can read it in all four Gospels, but John 18, 28 through 38 is the most extensive record. Pilate was an infamous Roman governor over Judea. Up until this point, the Jews despised Pilate because he often dipped into the temple treasury to fund his military projects, but mostly because of how the office represented the Roman government. The second Roman trial was before a man named Herod Antipas in Luke 23, 8-12. Now, Antipas was actually a Jewish king, but this trial is considered Roman because Pilate sought him out as a way to ease the tension with the crowd. Pilate had a problem with the Jews, so in a political move, he sought out a Jewish official to solve his Roman quandary. Now, the third Roman trial is sometimes seen as an extension of the first. Jesus is brought before Pilate one more time. Again, this is recorded in all four Gospels, but you can read this in John 18:39 through 19:16. It is in this trial that the mob overwhelms Pilate as he tries to wiggle out of crucifying Jesus. 
It is when the mob accuses Pilate of being against Caesar that he folds and ultimately rules against Jesus. Jesus' trials are some of the most tension-filled experiences on the road to the cross. Let's look at his third Jewish trial in Luke 22, 66 through 71. And when day came, the assembly of the elders of the people gathered together, both chief priests and scribes, and they led him away to their council, and they said, If you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, If I tell you, you will not believe, and if I ask you, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man shall be seated at the right hand of the power of God. So they all said, Are you the Son of God then? And he said to them, You say that I am. Then they said, What further testimony do we need? We have heard it ourselves from his own lips. Now in this trial, we see a great paradox. Two forces are colliding and something has to give. On the one hand, the religious powers that be, the religious authorities, are adamantly trying to stamp out Jesus and his influence over his followers. They're using everything they can and have now manipulated their position to askew their powers into something that it was never intended to do. But Jesus seizes this time to inform this force that it is actually demonstrating the power of God. You see, Luke's account makes clear that Jesus and his followers were not intent on overthrowing the social order or the state. Luke was not motivated to simply show that Jesus' death was a travesty of justice caused by the malevolent Jewish leaders. Instead, he presents it as a part of God's plan for salvation. Luke says later on in Acts 2.23, This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. When we are interested in the things of God only as it can be used to serve our own interests or to preserve some kind of status and privilege, then we are aligned with that temple hierarchy. That kind of theology can only view Jesus as a threat, and the hierarchy uses the sanctity of the temple as grounds for their sanctimonious scheming. Sanctimony is not why Jesus was nailed to the cross, though. In his novel, The Name of the Rose, author Umberto Eco uses his clever character, William of Baskerville, to investigate dangerous heresy among the Italian Franciscan Abbey. In his rigorous investigation, William concludes this. You see, you yourselves can no longer distinguish between one heretic and another. I at least have a rule. I know that heretics are those who endanger the order that sustains the people of God. And I defend the empire because it guarantees this order for me. I combat the Pope because he is handling the spiritual power over the bishops of this city who are aligned with the merchants and the corporations and will not be able to maintain this order. We have maintained it for centuries. And as for the heretics, I also have a rule. And it is summed up in the reply that the Bishop of Citeaux gave to those who asked him what to do with the citizens of Bézier. Kill them all. God will recognize his own. Very often, Christians can align themselves with the power solely to preserve the order that safeguards their power and status. But when that happens, we find ourselves opposing the power of God. Luke's trial scene presents the theological truth that all are guilty and have fallen short of the glory of God. The people along with Jewish leaders in Pilate and Herod represent all of humanity. 
So when we examine Jesus's unjust death, we find our own guilt. Now humanity, though, didn't declare Jesus guilty. Jesus's trial happened so that we can see that it is we who are, and it is only out of God's great love for you and I that he was nailed to the cross. Jesus's trial is not about his unjust treatment, but it is the very place that our roads cross with his. He died, so we didn't. He was guilty, so we don't have to carry it any longer. Shame was poured on Jesus so that we can be free. He was rejected so that we can find our ultimate acceptance, and the place we find it is the very instrument that the council sought to destroy Jesus. It's at the cross. I pray your roads cross paths with Jesus at the cross. I pray that you will fall to your knees right there and receive his free gift of life so that you may enjoy the freedom that comes with knowing that his salvation is available to all who come to him. Take that and dwell in his great love for you today. And we'll see you further down the crossroad.